the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show would like to acknowledge the traditional land owners and the leaders past, present and emerging of Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal countries where we are working from today. This always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. In a world of uncertainty. River's jizzing in his pants and then you bring up your wife in the next sentence. Like, oh, no, <laughs> what is going on? There is only one place you can turn for fair dinkum advice. One word, unbelievable. Two words, holy shit. Three words, oh my God. A place where the undeniably American. It sounds so weird in like an Australian accent. Meets the undeniably Aussie. Hey, 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 Dale, let's stop the foreskinning for some absolutely wonderful segments later. Where the analysis is solid. I, for one, was not one of those haters as I picked a Rams victory. Look, I think he can get over 150 yards in this game easily. Kick his ass, Taylor Bass. And everything else is out to kill you. There's going to be shrinking nutsacks all over the place. Welcome to the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Well, g'day, g'day, and welcome to the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. My name's Matty C, and I am seemingly the master of going and winning as much as I lose across my fantasy leagues this week. Uh, 12 leagues, six and six for the second week running. So uh, the absolute king of mediocrity over here, and that is why you should be getting your fantasy advice off of me. Uh, but, you know, very, very sadly, 0-2 in the league that matters the most to me, our 16-team league. We'll talk a bunch about that as the show rolls on, but... Yuck. In terms of a start to the year, uh, poor Manjot, who's helping with that team yet to experience his first win, the poor guy. Uh, hoping your fantasy week is looking better than that. Uh, you can find us across all our social media, and I urge you to. We are through Linktree at Aussie NFL Fantasy, and you can find everywhere that we are. But you can also find them individually too, because we are on TikTok. 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 We're on TikTok, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. We are practically everywhere you could imagine. And all you need to do is bash in the name of the platform and Aussie NFL Fantasy, and we will come up. We will absolutely come up. There's no two ways about that. Uh, look, we also urge you to be giving us your team list and we can give you start and uh, sit options. We can even give you opportunities to go and try and find a trade in your league. Uh, send screenshots of your teams through to our email address, which is Fantasy at gmail.com. But you can also leave us a voice message and then you can be part of the show too. Our voice message service is through Anchor, and that is anchor.fm forward slash Aussie NFL Fantasy. Now, that's just how you find us everywhere. But if you found us already, there's a great chance you're watching us through the YouTube. And if you're watching us through the YouTube, but you think, man, gee, I'd like, prefer to get this in the car while I'm driving somewhere, find us on all the podcast platforms at Aussie NFL Fantasy. But the other way around, if you find someone who finds us through audio and you didn't know we've got a YouTube show, find us there. Aussie NFL Fantasy on the YouTube. Now, there is a couple of things that I need to talk about because there has been mixed bag of uh, workout from positions across the league in fantasy. And uh, it means that our show is uniquely positioned to give you all the best information around that. We're going to have our pastry performers from the desk of Manjot Melly so we can get a recap uh, of everything there. We can also get Dr. Goodcall, who's going to run us through uh, everything that he gave us to treat our teams last week and get another dose there of some good medicine uh, before we get a criminally underperforming player in front of the court of public opinion with our public defender. And then in the late week show, we're also going to have our starts of the week. Now, that's got to be our most popular segment. Uh, it is a great chance to either decide from, from players outside of the top 15 at quarterback and tight end 
but also outside the top 20 at wide receiver and running back. It's a great opportunity to find uh, either trade targets or maybe people who are on the waiver wire in your league who would be good starts that week, or maybe they're players you already own, and it's a real decision whether you start or sit them. Uh, come and spend the time with us because we'll point you in the right direction, and uh, one of us is going to win a shiny great trophy from that. So uh, stick around and we'll show you that trophy too. All right, enough from me. It's time to get the boys in. Uh, let's rock and roll. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. But, mate, there's a tingling in my nutsack. <laughs> what a man, what a man, what a mighty fine man. Um, oh, God. Maybe you got Taylor to do it because I want it to sound like the Sackville Abbey. I, I will be Googling right now. Aussie. Still finalizing a few details with Pastry Press NFL representatives. That dude who runs Pastry Press is me. So all the oh, trademark, whew. all the copyrights have gone through. NFL. Yeah, look, I just heard the word pastry about eight times. So I'm hungry balls. Fantasy. All right. Are we uh, ready to crack open a fresh can of sleep? I've talked about some players having AIDS. Some <laughs> players then having AIDS. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. This is what you can do when you're a mythical creature from three and a half thousand BC. Well, as promised, we've got our two eggheads, Manjot Melly, who's... Mate, you, you're still no closer to a win in Astro League. How are you feeling this week, mate? Do you need a hug? <laughs> yeah, I need one. Came so close by Tim so Tim. Close. Very, very close. Good game to Tim. He deserved it. He was. We were pretty lucky that Josh Allen got benched in the fourth quarter. Oh, that could have got ugly. <laughs> yeah. That is last couple of... Yeah. Last the couple Titans of are glad as well. Sailor, <laughs> <laughs> like, how are your wounds after that Monday nighter? Yeah, look, between between that and losing by 0. 0.10 in uh, Astro, not exactly the greatest. But um, look, boys, 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 I, I don't want to foreskin too much here. But look, we'll talk about it later. But we'll call, we've got to call this for you because I think a couple of people on this podcast have been entered without their consent. <laughs> oh, They've been absolutely oh. destroyed in one of our one of our segments. So we'll, we'll uh, talk about that later. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. I feel like there's a whole late week show dedicated to the demise of, <laughs> of two of Australia's favorite analysts and, uh, you know, rest in peace. <laughs> the, um, the, the pastry performance will be a good segment this week. Cause I mean, God, there were so many great performances. This is the, the absolute flip of week one. I'm looking forward to, to seeing who gets the pastries this week. Oh yeah. And, and sadly for Manjot though, he's got, the, he had no idea where the uh, criminally underperforming player was going to come from. There were so many. <laughs> he, he was not sure he was going to get trotted out into the stand. But hey, I understand you've picked one. And, and we've got somebody who's uh, going to go in front of the court of public opinion a bit later. We have. Oh, good. We're going to get him. <laughs> Doctor, I hear you actually had a pretty good week um, with, with your diagnosis last week and some of your treatments. So I'm looking forward to recapping with you on that too, mate. Yeah, they weren't too bad this week, mate. But the, uh, <laughs> the doctor's help <laughs> has helped made the people healthy this week. Now he's diagnosing fantasy herpes all over the place. It's uh, and and getting to work treatment, which yeah. is good. The um, uh, the fantasy AIDS is two two and zero so far. So yeah, <laughs> let's see if we can keep picking out the ones that are going to have AIDS this week. Have a go at that. Now all we need is a cure. Like I mean, we're able to pick yeah. it out. We just you know. Just need to work out how to instead of having to put these people on an island by themselves. It's yeah. uh, it's it's tough out there at the moment. Uh, for for starters, Suso Manchot and I came very close to our first win of the season. Tay after uh, handicap pick tuckling your way to a win last week in our most famous league two to lose, putting up a score of over 125, which is that's a 90 percent win rate historically in our league, uh, and to lose by a tenth of a point um, 
yeah, that that's pretty agonizing. So I think we've all kind of got some wounds to lick. Um, and I think we should get into trying to help help our fellow fantasy players try and make the most out of week three, whatever their result was. Uh, how about we get the pastries out? Want to get the pastries oh, out? Yeah, yeah, Come get on. that pastry drop. Let me get the pastry drop in here. They're so sweet and fresh. Really? Yeah. Thanks for calling pastries. <laughs> Thanks for calling pastries. Pastries, pastries. I got all my pastries. Pastries, pastries. We get them while they hot. We get them while they hot. We get them while they hot. I got all my pastries and I got them while they hot. Sometime on Thursday, I think, so before this episode would drop. But here we go. Pastry Performer Team, uh, not Team of the Week, individual performance we've got today. So, yeah, today we've got the Rookie of the Week. We've got the AFC and NFC Offensive, AFC and NFC Defensive, and the Pastry Performer of the Week, as well as the Fantasy Pastry Performer of the Week. So, there's a lot of awards to get into. Let's get right into it. So, the rookie patient performer of the week. It has to be the number two overall pick in the draft, Aiden Hutchinson. He was absolutely dominant, especially in the first half against the Commanders. He had six tackles, three sacks, and two tackles for loss in oh, that yeah. win for the Lions. Who doesn't love a bit of Lions love here? MCDC really building something great down there. And Aiden Hutchinson, him... He's embodying that sort of MCDC spirit down there in Detroit. Yeah, any thoughts on that, boys? I kind of no, wish we took him with our first pick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not I that I've got wish. problems with the Jets' Probably. defense. But, I, mean, you know. I mean, Trayvon Walker's pretty good. He, he'll win one of these soon, I reckon. He's That Jags' defense is coming good. That's for Looking sure. All right, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, he was who I thought we were taking. He was who I thought we were taking the whole time. There's some representation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that Jags defense has some representation in the team of the week. So, yeah, you better be checking that out, Maddie. We got, yeah, we got a ton, of Jags, ton of Jags references and good day grid. I got to be flooding anyway. the comments with every social media account I've got. There's going to be 35 comments from different ones. They're all going to be me, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, go get that Jags hype up. But yeah. sadly, no Jags. All my burner accounts. Performance. Yeah, so AFC defensive pretty hard to choose this week because there was a ton of performers yet again and across the board just AFC defensive patient performers I've got to go I've got to go with Chris Jones three tackles and two sacks against the Chargers played a huge role for the Chiefs defense they've really improved some a guy like him someone like him can really improve your defense I think Chris Jones was just a pick this week Josh Allen was in contention, Matty C. I'm sorry, but there was a ton of AFC guys to, to choose. Minka was in contention again. Yeah, again. And oh, God dang. Yeah, he I think he was co-paced performer. I think I chose Khalil over him last week. I was trying to decide. Yeah, yeah, it was but, 50-50 yeah. last week. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Sometimes I choose the 50-50. He's just just on the fence. So yeah, just just a warning, guys. Now the NFC. Defensive player of the week. Again, another tough choice. But, yeah, I've had to go with Talano Hufunga from the Niners. Very cool. Actually, no, wait, 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 wait. Actually, I got that wrong. I almost forgot. I had to go with Darius Slay. My bad, guys. I've read the wrong notes. I was reading through the team of the week notes. But, yeah, Darius (laughs) Slay. Just had to throw you guys off there. 
Yeah, Darius played two interceptions in the red zone, contained Justin Jefferson. He allowed a 0.0 passer rating of one catch against Jefferson. He absolutely locked up Jefferson all night, threw the keys away, and put him in 10 years of jail all night. <laughs> yeah. That's Did I how tell it you, felt for me. I saw this meme just today, and I giggled like a school kid of Kirk Cousins throwing the ball up saying, screw it, Darius Slay's out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it felt all game. Darius Slay... Those two interceptions changed the whole game. The, yeah. the Vikings. Yeah, tremendous. Whoever, internet wins, by the way. Internet wins. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I did not forget Darius Slade. Do not worry, Eagles fans. I was only playing along and read the wrong notes there. So we go into the offensive side. We're into the more fantasy football sort of side. The AFC offensive paced performer. Now, this is tough because... Honestly, I've had to go very many directions with this one. Yeah. And it's between three wide receivers this week. You've got Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill on the same team, the Dolphins, and you've got Stephon Diggs at the Bills. You can go any which way with this, but I'm gonna give it to Tyreek. He just he was just electric. He changed that entire game in the fourth quarter. I'm going with Tyreek Hill myself. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that one, but who knows? We might see a Waddle or Diggs in that fantasy patient performer of the week. Who knows? But yeah, Tyreek, I just had to go with him. I just don't know. It was a tough one. What do you I think about that one, go... Tay? What do you think, mate? I wouldn't disagree with any three of them, <laughs> to be honest. That, that boy comeback was absolutely phenomenal. And I think you're so going to have two in there too. Either of them yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. it's between three thinking... dolphins. That was what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was the three dolphins and digs for that AFC. I was watching that Titans Bills game, just going, if the Titans can at least half keep up here, Stefan Diggs is going to have 25 catches. Like he just <laughs> they could not stop the guy. And then even though they couldn't cut they couldn't keep up, and he still goes out and has three touchdowns. Like he actually somehow could have had a better day if the Titans had actually kept up a uh, little only bit. Only three yeah. touchdowns, yeah. That was yeah, it. Only, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. yeah only maybe three like a three touchdowns. Yeah. Now the NFC offensive page performer, this one again, another tough choice. I keep saying it, but this week there was a lot of patient performers, especially in the offense. I'm gonna give it to Aaron Jones. Was absolutely Ooh. running over the Bears defense all night. Very difficult and controversial choice, but I did have him as yeah. my running back. back I just needed two more yards out of him. Yeah. That would have been all. Goddamn. Yeah, two I'm yards. sorry, Taylor. <laughs> Even sorry one yard, because to... that would have made Adam the first team not only to have a tie in the Astros, but the first team to have two ties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 132 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, 38 receiving yards, and one receiving touchdown for Aaron Jones. I think he deserved the NFC offensive pace performance. There's probably a few wide receivers here and there that well, also deserved. Jalen Hurts was in contention as well. Yeah. So there was yeah. a quite a yeah, Amon Ra, he was up there. Amon Ra. That's the one you're definitely thinking of. Yeah, he deserved to be in contention. Cup was up there, I reckon. Yeah, he might turn up games. and start to the week later. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's skin everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few players that deserve... So much um, skin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly thinking about changing it to Eamon Roth now that I'm thinking about it because 
It was it was a difficult choice. I'm gonna actually leave it as a tie between Evan Ryan, Aaron, Aaron Jones on half retrospect. A pastry each. Yeah, half a pastry or one pastry. Drop that bitch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're stacking up the pastry oh, now. Shit. Fantasy pastry performer of the week. Put this the is gonna be pressure. one. Of the... <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's. Yeah, this is actually putting the kitchen under pressure for yeah. the fancy nature performer. <laughs> Mama John's not going to be happy with you, mate. <laughs> yeah, Mama John is not going to be happy. Be I'm pretty sure all over the board, we had guys like Tua, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek, Stephon Diggs, Lamar Jackson, all having over 40 fantasy points. So they're Absurd. all in contention here. It was just a crazy week of fantasy scoring. Last week, very low scoring. This week, we got... We got a few guys in contention. I think one of the guys who didn't get his due in the main pitch performers, but who should get it here, I'm going with Stephon Diggs, 148 receiving yards, three touchdowns on 11 catches as my fantasy pitch performer of the week. The reason is he performed a ton of Monday Night Miracles for your fantasy teams this week. So he was the comeback king. Him and Josh yeah. Allen, if you had that stack, that was elite. You could come back from about 60, 70 points down and still win somehow. It was insanity all over on Monday Night Football. And yes, yeah, Stephon Diggs, he deserves a page performer. I'm going to give him the fantasy page performer of the week. He deserved one probably last week as well, but... Yeah, it's just too tough to give him one. These are tough awards to win. So, Stefan Diggs, well done. Congratulations, man. One of my favorite wide receivers. Now, pastry performer of the week. We've come to the final one. It feels like a long, long segment. But, look, I love talking about my pastry performers. Yeah, yeah definitely. If you, if, you guys, uh, if you guys don't like to rewind our episodes, if you guys are a little bit, I guess, uh, unaware of who won the other awards. Don't worry, we've got these all on Pastry Performer of the Week on Pastry Press NFL and Aussie NFL Fantasies social pages. I know I didn't post it last week, but this nah, week we'll, we'll get on. We'll fix that this week. We'll fix that. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix it. Now, this week's Pastry Performer of the Week. Again, another controversial choice. This is actually the first time, I think, or the second time where the fa- Pastry Performer of the Week didn't win one of the other awards. So this is a completely out-of-left-field pick. I've gone with Tua. Six passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Yes, two bad interceptions, but he made up for the six passing touchdowns. Yeah, he did. 469 passing yards. Nice. 200, yeah. I guess it was like 200 of them must have come in the fourth quarter because he had a 21.4 quarter comeback with four passing touchdowns in that fourth quarter and the game-winning touchdown passes. He scored all of the Dolphins' touchdowns in that game. So, to a well-deserved patient form of the week, it's coming to your mansion in Miami or in Hawaii, <laughs> to all of your homes, wherever they are. I know he's probably got one in Alabama or somewhere. Do just, you just send yeah, one to each of his listed addresses? Past. Is that how it works? Yeah, I think that's probably going to be how it works. And now. if he's not at one of the places, his doorman just eats it. <laughs> Yeah, whoever's there, just gotta just gotta eat it. Yeah, so <laughs> free pastries to them. But yeah, it's a nice thought. <laughs> yeah, so Tua, congrats on your pastry performer of the week award. Well deserved. All the yeah. haters can shut up and eat some shit. Now, has week, anyone so... else? I filled out a Tua apology form on Twitter this week. Has anyone else done that? Because oh, uh, I didn't not need me. To. I was always a t- 
I don't need to buy more. I was I've always a two. I was the one. I was the one handing the form out. Yeah, I I filled mine out, so you know, I didn't have to fill out my Kirk Cousins apology form though, too. So that was good. My <laughs> my brother was fast under that one. I laughed very oh, hard. Jalen Hurts the apology form though. Yeah, oh, I think I'll I had to I'll fill that some one. of those bad ones, boys, out as well. I just yeah. fill out that one. I think I'm going to be down for that one too. There's a couple of people away. I need to apologize to anyhow. <laughs> so, the People's Dynasty team literally have. Tua and Hurts as the two quarterbacks. You're kidding. <laughs> Somehow that looked like it was going to be my weakness going into the year, and now all of a sudden it's positive. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I said a couple of weeks ago too, I waited maybe around too late in a two quarterback league and ended up with Tua as my QB1 and, yeah. and, and like Brissett as my two because I also took Watson. And I'm like, that's going to be a long 11 weeks, but uh, maybe it won't be. Maybe maybe Tua will just score enough to hide Brissett. <laughs> see. <laughs> That's a bit wishful. Yeah, Tua was carrying my dynasty team as well. He was he outscored Mahomes as my other quarterback. So it's like easily what? Oh, by two carrying easily. I think Mahomes scored like seventeen points in standard. Tua almost trebled it. Twenty-one point three in this league, and then Tua scored fifty point eight six. Mahomes isn't even a top ten quarterback. He he's, he's terrible. No, he's not. He's yeah. He's, he's a bomb. He's a yeah. fringe starter. <laughs> yeah, it's a real a decision week each week. Ball. That guy. Start. Yeah, he's going to be good. part of starts of the week soon. Yeah, yeah. mate. I don't mind if he qualifies. I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, good week all around. Yeah, congrats to all of my patient performers of the week this week. Hopefully, you guys get your patients in the mail. It's going to be a good ride. Hopefully, they don't have a spoil on the journey to America. I might have to get my auntie to make some and then send them to you. So, yeah, massive shout out to everyone who's won a page performer of the week, who's on the team of the week as well. Congrats to you all. Don't bother cooking dinner this week. You're getting some sweet pastries. Yes, sweet sir. Pastries. Well done. Golf clap all around. Uh, very dignified. And I mean, I think this is one of the things, right? You actually had to really work hard to make sure everybody who deserves one got one because, I mean, Jalen Waddle yeah. didn't even get one because that's, that's just how hard these yeah. things are to win. But gee, if you throw six touchdowns, you probably deserve to get one. If you have 200 yeah. yards in the fourth quarter and a couple of touchdowns, you probably deserve to get one. If you get three touchdowns yeah. on Monday Night Football, you probably deserve to get one. Like, it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough out there. <laughs> well, it's um, weird. That's what I said. Yeah, it's a tough award to win. Yeah, I know. I love that you're doing your best to try and make sure you, you give everyone who who's probably worthy of one a gong. But the, the day is going to come where a guy like Jalen Waddle is just going to be looking around going, "Yeah, fuck's my pastry out, brother? Fuck's yeah. my pastry out?" I'll set him an honorary pastry. He's still in the team of the week, so he's going to have an honorary pastry. You know what he's going to get is he's going to get one of those little plastic croissants that comes in like a kid's kitchen set. That's what you got to send him to say, "Mate, I was thinking of you, yeah. but you don't get a real one. I don't want to spoil yeah. the prestige of getting a real one." Yeah, I do enjoy making these team of the weeks and the individual honors. So definitely check it out. Patient Press NFL for the full intellectual property rights have been granted to Good Air Gridiron and, of course, Aussie NFL Fantasy to use these as well. That's the full disclaimer. Everyone gets pastry as well. Uh, Follow us up and you get a pastry for sure. Beautiful. And Good Day Gridiron, find them as well everywhere. They're podcasting, they are yep. on social media, and it's more Manjot, which is just everyone needs more Manjot, 100%. Yeah. I think we go give Dr. Goodcore a pastry before he gets going. Yes, yes. Have That's a pastry, right. and we'll fire up your drop. In today's busy world, it's hard to have it all. Who has time to do all the analysis and decision-making for your fantasy team? Probably not you. 
who we can help. Whether it's positively diagnosing players with fantasy leprosy, or helping you find the players who are on the verge of being fantasy legendary. There's only one name in all of fantasy you can really trust. Make an appointment with Dr. Good Call. <laughs> every time this drop, <laughs> not quite expecting that face every time. <laughs> I'd always be like three times already, okay? But I like how Just the real fight into that doctor's. Because <laughs> I like how the real photo that we've cropped that from, and tell you, you know this photo really well, is you know, you're standing at the edge of the coast on that beautiful, like, grassy knoll out of Wollongong <laughs> with the sea behind you in a bow tie with your beautiful wife next to you, about to attend a wedding. And I just think, ah, oh, what a great photo. Just look at that cheesy group. Fun, fun fact that's actually in Victoria. Uh, we're at a wedding and it literally pissed down so hard that they had to move the whole wedding inside, even though they weren't really prepared for it. <laughs> you got to be kidding. <laughs> it was dead set like a monsoon that day. It was insane. Oh. Soldier Field monsoon. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I, was, I, was, never know. I was doing slides like Jack, um, Justin Fields straight across my belly. Man, I would yeah. pay good money to watch that. I've done it before, don't worry. Actually, yeah, that's what we're going to do is we're going to get a uh, Aussie NFL fantasy slip and slide day going on. That would be great. <laughs> Few beers into me, I'll do anything. <laughs> careful. I might take you up on it. <laughs> well, how did you go last week, Doctor? We were uh, identifying opportunities to uh, to cure some fantasy AIDS, but also to um, try and help people with their team. And you're diagnosing and then offering prescriptions. Uh, where do you want to start, mate? Yeah, I'll start at quarterback. Um, I was pretty happy, and obviously you guys at the Western Wankers were pretty happy that we uh, you had this guy. I took Jared Goff. Um, obviously, I I like to uh, pick out the, the commanders as a good defense to pick my quarterbacks against sometimes because uh, they were last against quarterback uh, in 2021, uh, and they've got the 24th ranked secondary coming into this year. So they're, they're a defense that I think are just going to get torched uh, by a lot of quarterbacks this year. Uh, I, I took him because he had a, a pretty decent week one as well, 215 yards and two touchdowns. But then yeah. he's just absolutely blasted through and had four touchdowns this week. Um, it would have been nice for him to get a little bit more yards to sort of boost the uh, fantasy, but you're not going to yeah. you're not going to say no yeah. to four touchdowns <laughs> from a guy that you like streaming basically. So yeah. I, I was pretty pretty stoked with that call because it definitely would have helped a lot of people, as you know. Yeah, it helped us. Helped us for sure. 100%. And we'd sort of circled him as somebody who was a worthwhile pickup anyway. I mean, we did that thing where you had that week one and you don't. we didn't even put through a waiver for the quarterback after we lost Dak because we were pretty confident we would find someone. We did get a few knocks on the door from people going, I'll sell you a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad, glad we weren't <laughs> going down that path. Yeah, it's hard. You don't want to give up an asset when you can. Sometimes you can, even in 16-team leagues. Sometimes a guy like this pops up. So yeah. he probably did the right thing by waiting. Uh, I took a running back in the same game. I would say he probably only just made it past the line that I would consider being a success uh, for this. Obviously, yeah. we're looking at guys, um, you know, probably that wouldn't be a guaranteed start in a 10-team league. So I took yeah. Antonio Gibson. Uh, he was up against the Lions. I really liked it because they were 31st against the running back position last year, and they don't really project to be any better this year. Uh, and he, he got a touchdown relatively well not early it was in the first half i believe but he got the touchdown but then he also ran for two a carry so it was 14 for 28 so it was it was not it was not the best on the ground in terms of uh efficiency in terms of uh yards per 
carry, but he did get the touchdown. He was able to get a catch. It sort of took him over that 10-point mark. I would consider it enough of a success. I would be slightly dis- disappointed if I had Gibson as my RB2 and he had that matchup because he's only got yeah. a couple more weeks before Brian Robinson comes back. So you you probably wanted as much out of him as possible. But in the end, I think it was still enough of a success to say that it was a well-prescribed running back that's outside the top 20. And that touchdown definitely bailed him out. I think, gee, otherwise sure. you'd be struggling. Absolutely. If it was just 14 for 28 and one catch, definitely would have been yeah. brutal. So, touchdown, yeah. big deal. I was very surprised by that yards per carry. I thought he would have had a, a lot better game than that. But in yeah. the end, you do what you do. Yeah. Uh, my next player caught AIDS in overtime, apparently. Uh, just for, <laughs> He decided he had dick fingers, and then you know he took a massive hit, and then he ended up uh, fumbling the ball and giving the Cardinals the game. I know it's probably a bit hard on him. It was a pretty tough situation he got put in. But, yeah, Hunter Renfro, uh, he actually all of a sudden was just getting looked at every play in that overtime. I think he had yeah. three catches in a row in on the one play, on that one drive from uh, Derek Carr. Uh, he hadn't had, had a huge game up until that. I think he was sitting on about nine points and a half PPR. So full PPR, he actually had hit that 10-point mark. And then all of a sudden, the fumble uh, gave away the game and you know that, that brought him down two points as well. So, look, I, I probably wouldn't consider that as a win. I was probably expecting a little bit more out of him in that game, especially up against you know the Cardinals, sort of 29th against wide receiver in 2021. So... Yeah, I won't consider that a success, but it was close enough. It wouldn't have completely destroyed you, put it that way. But yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Adam's so I wouldn't be destroyed uh, me. about it. Adams almost destroyed me. My fantasy eliminated yeah. league. God damn, that was I was rattled by that. I thought Adams was just going to destroy them. Yeah, same. Especially after week one, where he had more receiving yards than the entire team he left. In terms of just receiving, was it, was it Mac Hollins? Who was the guy that, that was leading receiver for them in that game? Yeah, I think it was Mac Hollins because he had a Mac long Hollins, catch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like yeah, he had sixty odd yards and he was like former eagle. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. No, I'm uh, I'll move on to tight end. So apparently, I can prescribe tight end for other people and not myself. But yeah, uh, I went with Zach Ertz uh, up against the Raiders, thirtieth against tight end. Uh, Adam had him against me in Astro, and <laughs> he started slow as the entire Arizona offense did. Yeah, and then they just picked up momentum in that second half, and and Zach Ertz just kept getting peppered with targets. Like, like I actually hoped he would uh, when I made this call, and I uh, half people. I think he ended up with 11 or 12 points. So he had yeah. a really, really good game at tight end. So I, yeah, I thought that 15. was 15.5 PPR for him. He's, pro- yeah. he's probably a guy that most people that have him was will start now, but I think they would have gone into that game a little bit worried because he had yeah. barely anything in game in week one, even though he jagged a touchdown in garbage time. So I thought he fit the criteria for this week, but I'd, I'd say now that people, most people that have him will probably start him. Yeah, I think it yeah. shows that you should have confidence in him. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially without Hopkins, like they can, they need, they need someone to throw, and Hollywood hasn't exactly shown that he's a guaranteed one for them yet. No, I got Greg Dortch is showing he's a guaranteed exactly. One for them. <laughs> around going, can I get a program over here? Who's, who's this Dortch guy? Um, what a Dortch! What a Dortch! Yeah, it's fun to say. Uh, I'll give him that, <laughs> and I'll give myself a pat on the back. Two and zero for my uh, fantasy AIDS player of the week. Um, <laughs> it's a funny one because. If I go back to what I said about ETN in this game, 
I was happy with what happened because it was pretty much what I said where I thought he might have a little bit more opportunity than he had in week one where he only had the six opportunities. He did actually end up 12 in this game. Yeah. So he doubled it. But my worry was that his looks weren't going to be as fruitful because he was against the Colts D line uh, and, instead of coming up against basically a terrible one in week one where he was able to run for four, like basically 12 a carry. Yeah. Whereas in this game, he was like barely over two a carry. So it, it was a lot harder game for him, even with the opportunities he had. Uh, he still got, he went three for 33, I believe, in the passing game. So he definitely got that going for him. I wouldn't be really, really worried about him moving forward. I think he's only going to get a, a bit more. And he's obviously, he's basically a rookie because he obviously yeah. missed his entire rookie season. So I think they will get him more involved. They might even look at a Packers thing where they, go Robinson and him together maybe and use Robinson more as the rusher and, and Etienne and more as the pass catcher moving forward. So I yeah. wouldn't be, you know, overly concerned. I think your ceiling you hoped for an Etienne might not be there anymore, yeah. but um, again, hard. you never know. Like you don't know what it looks like in one week, let alone five weeks. So, you know, it, it, it could be, it could be something that changes a bit again, but it was more about that week specifically that I was off Etienne more so than the full season outlook. Yeah. Well, Mentor, what do you think about ETN? We've uh, we've got a share of him in a high stakes league. Yeah. ETN. How nervous are you? <laughs> yeah, I've been nervous. We've benched him already in a 16 team league. So, ouch. Ouch. Well, smart, though. Our third yeah, we round him, pick we, is on our yeah, bench. He's on our bench. And we put in Christian Kirk, who we traded for, who's actually a ton better. So, the Jags, yeah, they're passing a lot to Kirk, not really much to ETN. Robinson getting all that work, as Taylor said. I think ETN just is good enough for the path catching. He could get you a decent 10 points on a good day. So I think I've been officially hard, moving him into bus territory for us. I think at the moment he's in bus territory. We, we drafted pretty oh, much my three bus. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. We, we pretty much ones there. <laughs> yeah. We drafted what Dalvin and freaking Javante before him and i think we got like three busts or two and a half because i think javante's yeah, been okay yeah I don't think yeah javante's fine it's just his he's just paying the rent yeah his and, and, shit. and the denver offense just looks nowhere near as good as a lot of people said for yeah it's yeah. nathaniel hackett 100 oh i could go off with him but people are old enough to know this one when nathaniel hackett had uh, an offensive coordinator job at the Bills way back after Fred Jackson had moved to Seattle. His yeah. the, the quote for him in the preseason one year was, I'm going to give CJ Spiller the ball so much, you're going to throw up. And every media outlet brought that out. Every week, CJ Spiller had like nine touches. And yeah. I've never trusted the guy since then. Never. Even when he was OC with us, I don't know. He had Leonard Fournette. Yeah, you don't have to overthink that. But oh, yeah, I just don't block. trust <laughs> the guy. The you mean the guy who waits till four seconds before the play clock's about to go off until he play until he puts the call out and then <laughs> the what to do the and then lose his field to, goal position? Yeah, and the Broncos fans have to count down the play clock yeah. for them to even get it off. Unbelievable! And what's he shouting it out through rolled up newspaper? Because at fifteen seconds to go, your headset cuts out. So what's what's he even doing? Is he got the? Oh, he's got a Auslan yeah. lady on the sideline sending it in. <laughs> so every time Rust sending it through pigeon. <laughs> Yeah, every time Ross throws an incomplete pass, the Denver Broncos fans, they just got to go, in, come, please. Wow. They just got to do it. They just got to do the chance just Spin for off Ross. Spin off. Yeah. He threw under 50% on the weekend. What is that? Oh, Yeah. Man. Yeah, against the Texans. God damn. 
Yeah, anyway. Wow. Dr. All right. Goodcall. Dr. Goodcall, definitely diagnosing uh, correctly, saying, I think he got AIDS, puts him in for the scan, comes out, he's got AIDS. And no one more hurt in a 24-0 win than me to see ETN <sighs> turn up with the fantasy AIDS. Um, should we move on to a sunnier subject, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feeling sad. No, we're not going to move well, on to a sunnier subject. Taylor's going to leave me to wallow in misery. <laughs> 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 so I'm projecting some good players this week for Dr. Goodcall. Oh, Thank God. All right. So, again, there's a couple of guys that won't be, obviously, eligible for later in the starts of the week segment. They are sort of a little bit out of the range of that. This is more guys, again, that you probably got to think about in 10-team league. Uh, this guy is actually one I picked up uh, in Astro last week and played. So I'm going to take Derek Carr against the Titans because it's the Titans and my God, I'm giving them back the Guinness world record for our secondary, yeah. but they are just <laughs> dog shit. Oh my God. I'm bringing back dog shit from last week as well. I'll just say it again. So some of these are timeless, <sighs> mate. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> it's, they were 24th against quarterback in 2021. Uh, I think they're going to be 50th this year. I just, <laughs> they are so bad. And, that's a, I'll say that's enough of the Titans, right? I've got a grievance, and it's really to do with that Raiders game last week against the Cardinals. And I've had this issue with teams and the way they go about second halves for a while, right? I can't stand it when teams get a lead. Like, let's say 20-0, for instance. I'm not using anyone as an exact scapegoat, Raiders. <laughs> they get up. Why do they go away from what got them the lead in the first place? Yeah. I understand the idea that you, if you run play, if you run the ball, you run the clock. And even if you don't get the first down, at least you've run three minutes off the clock or whatever. But you just got your 20-0 lead by passing the ball. Derek Carr had over 200 yards in the first half by piercing that horrendous Arizona secondary. And they were like, how about we just let him back in the game by running the ball Josh Jacobs 100 times in the second half? They, they won't see it coming. And that's the worst part about the whole thing is Arizona knows they're going to do that. They know they're going to just start running the ball to try and run the clock out. And what does my head in is, okay, in the fourth quarter, let's say it's still 20-0. I would understand it because the stats probably say you probably should just try and run the clock anyway. Why in the third quarter? Why in the third quarter are you not still trying to just win this game? Get it to 30-odd points and just then you can start running the ball because you pretty much know you're not going to lose from there anyway. But why at 20 nil are you thinking we're just going to run the ball? Well, let's not do what actually helped us in the first half anymore. Like, it is brutal, obviously, as a fantasy owner, because you're yeah. looking at Derek Hart. This guy could have four touchdowns and 400 yards today if they just kept doing what they did in the first half. But at halftime, they were just like, let's just put the cue in the rack and let's hope they don't score 21 points in the second half. That's basically what they did. And it absolutely bit them in the ass. I really hope teams stop doing this. Yeah. It is ridiculous when they if, – if they had ran the ball to get that 20-0 lead, I would have maybe understood it. So oh, like, well, yeah. They can't stop us. They can't stop the run anyway, and it helps us with the clock management. So, you know, it's basically killing two birds with one stone. But you got there by throwing the ball. Why stop? You literally brought the Cardinals back into the game by running Josh Jacobs constantly in the second half and doing no passing plays. It was disgustingly bad, and That's I hope they look at that and do something different this week. Oh, man, you've got to weigh in on this. Yeah, because 
did they forget who they traded their first and second exactly. round pick for? Do they do they do they remember who that guy is? Yeah. Do they remember? Is Apparently some not. dude named Devontae Adams? Apparently he was Aaron Rodgers' best buddy. I thought it was Brian Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought the, did I forget who was his college quarterback? Oh my gosh. Like I think Josh McDaniels, he's under the hot seat. Already, I'm gonna put him and the fan packet under my hot seat. Already, there, there's what? too much heat on both of them. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it out there. They're on my what? hot seat until further notice. Why even send Car and Adams out there in the second half? Like, if you're yeah. just gonna run the ball every single play, you might as well be like, well, I might as well put them in cotton wool. Like, they, yeah. it's not gonna matter because they honestly, Car was just not used at all. Like, he didn't have to do anything in that second half, and it was a ridiculous game plan. I just I hate the teams just put the cue in the rack and basically give the other team a chance to come back. It's it's ridiculous. Josh, yeah, I think Josh McDaniels, honestly, he's one of the most overrated offensive co- coordinators and offensive head coaches of all time. This dude, he literally piggybacks off Tom Brady's success. Everyone thinks he's a good coach because he had Tom Brady as quarterback. Same with Nathaniel Hackett. Everyone thinks he's a good coach. Because he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback for a couple of years, won MVPs. And then these teams go out and hire them and they're not proven because they don't look at the full history of these guys that have actually held back their offenses pretty much, that don't have good decision-making skills. I think Josh McDaniels 100% deserves that most overrated offensive coach of all time labeled, in my opinion. Out of all the offensive coaches I know, I think he deserves that the most. To be honest, I mean, we saw him with the Tebow experiment, right? Yeah, that was shit. He, he was one and done as a coach. I think he shouldn't have been hired by the Raiders. I saw this as a bad hire from day one. It's already looking that way until he changes, until he actually uses the guys he actually has. Mm. I think he's got to be really, really under the microscope the next five weeks or something. That's yeah, what I'm splashy. putting it. And they just want to be splashy because they're in this new market. Yeah. They just, yeah, I think that's all it is. And it's going to bite them in the butt. They're already in the most competitive division by consensus in the league. And um, and now they're at a big disadvantage after two really uneven games. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know what they're so afraid of in that second half. Just go out there and play the same way you did in the first half. And you, you cannot tell me that Arizona team keeps them to less than 10 points if they just played the exact same way they did in the first mm-hmm. half. It, it, I mean, they would have 30 points. And yes, they would have more time for their own drives because obviously the, a lot of more passing means a lot more incompletions and stopping the clock. But like, what are you so afraid of? Like, I just yeah. don't understand why teams are so scared in the second half to throw the ball, even with a 20-point lead. Like, it, it just absolutely does my head in. Yeah, they made that awful defense look like world beaters. It was exactly. the oddest because thing. They were so happy. They were just like, we can just defend Josh Jacobs the whole second half. We don't have to worry about Waller, Adams, or it's Hollands. It's like, apparently, <laughs> like, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Unreal. God anyway. dang, that cornerback that covered Adams, he looks a lot better on his PFF grade this week. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Whoever yeah, it tough was. out Whoever... against Mahomes last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the two or three cornerbacks there. Yeah. They, they'd be. They'd be getting better PFF grades against Adams this week. That's Which they shouldn't. Because yeah. they, they, they played in their hands. 
the Raiders. So it, was, yeah. it was absurd. And honestly, if they do the same to the Titans, the Titans will be loving it too because they cannot defend a pass to save their assholes, but they can yeah. defend a run. So if they want to give it to Josh Jacobs, the go right ahead. You even saw your own peril. They, they could not keep up the Bills because the Bills love to pass. And every single time they hand it off to Devin Singletary, the Titans blew that uh, sigh of relief. I was just like, thank God. Like, we don't have to get torched by Diggs and, and, and uh, Allen again here. But, you know, again, we'll, we'll wait and see if they've learned their lesson. But, I mean, as a Titans fan, obviously, I would be happy for them to do that. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. I, do, I do think they, they will look at that and pass even more. Uh, and I, I just think Derek Carr up against the Titans is a very, very good play this week for anyone that's uh, making that decision. So, yeah. Uh, Okay, I'll go to running back. Yeah. It's a funny week this week. Uh, I mean, I even found it. I even messaged you guys about looking at starts of the week. I thought it was a bit hard in some of the positions yeah. this week. Obviously, we put some new parameters and everything in. Uh, this guy actually does fit the criteria. Uh, it's someone Maddie looked at for week one. I'm actually taking Damian Pierce, uh, the rookie, up against the Bears. Uh, the Bears 18th against running back uh, last year, and then defensive line is ranked 31st uh, yeah. out of 32, which is not good. So <laughs> Damian Pierce last week basically took over the entire running back room. It was a yeah. funny one. Obviously, they went to Burkhead in week one for a majority of the carries, and then he got all the passing work, and then basically they just turned it around within one week and said, we're going with the rookie, and that's what you want to see moving forward. Yeah. So I've got a lot more confidence in Pierce now than I probably did before the year started because to me, oh, I can't see why they would then go back again once you go to the rookie to me that your decision's made so I think he gets all the carries over Burkhead now Burkhead might still get some passing work but I think it's going to be a lot less snaps than you saw in that week one yep. and again the Bears defense just is not great the Bears in general are not great I think the Texans are going to run a lot I honestly think the Bears are going to run a lot. I think this game is going to be over quickly because no one's going to pass and you're going to see a lot of running back work. And I just think Pierce has the talent to really uh, make a good game out of this, especially against a defense I'm not worried about. Yeah, I agree with that, to be honest. I got the Texans winning this one against the Bears. So I think the Texans... They're going to lean on Pierce a bit more. I'm really liking their offense so far. So eventually, sooner or later, I'm expecting a breakout game from Pierce. And yeah. This week looks like a good time. That's for sure. I've been all over Damian Pierce in the preseason as well and was lucky enough to get him in a couple of dynasty leagues. So I'm feeling really happy to see that swing. Uh, I imagine he might turn up in starts of the week in the late week episode. We'll see. No foreskin here. No extra epidermis <laughs> lying around, but we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Uh, love the call. This is my problem with your segment here, Taylor. I tend to agree with you a lot, and it makes me feel dirty. That's why I said off the good call. Circumcisions here, mate. No foreskin. Jeez. No foreskin's gone. <laughs> anyway, so... Grip him, snip him. Moving to wide, wide receiver here. So we're, I'm actually going to bring up the guy that was defended by the public defender last week. Uh, obviously, again, not uh, starts of the week relevant, but I'm going to take Alan Robinson against the Cardinals just because I want to just have a chat about sort of what happened last week. Mm. Straight away, they got him into the game. They got him an early touchdown, and I, I really do think, believe that uh, when McVay came out and said that they need to get him more involved, they'll tell the truth. They definitely need someone else apart from Cup doing everything. Even though Cup still felt like he did everything again, he, yeah. there actually was some help with Robinson. There was even a play where Robinson caught a touchdown. Then after the fact, they took it back because of an injury. Then Cup went and got the touchdown, the the play after. 
uh, which obviously yeah. hurt Robinson's numbers and anyone against Cup, damn you, Adam. But I, I do think Robinson <laughs> in general, he's running enough routes. He even ran enough routes in week one. Like, that was never yeah. the issue. It's just it didn't go to him. Again, you cannot base anything against this Bills defense. Like that Bills defense in week one that's shutting down, they are going to shut everyone down. Like they are so damn impressive, that Bills team, on offense, on defense, on basically everything. We even saw the punter for the first time on Monday. I didn't and even they, know they had one. And they forced a fumble of it. So that's more about the time than shit. But anyway, I digress. Alan Robinson is out there enough for a very, very good offense. And they're against the Cardinals, who I have talked about who I believe Sean McVay might have watched the Raiders in the second half and gone, you know what, we should just keep passing on this shithouse defense. So I think Alan Robinson's going to get a lot of looks in this game. I think they're going to try and use this as a one to really, really pepper him. And I'm not trying to say Cup isn't going to be dominant either, but I think this is their opportunity to really use someone else here. And I think Alan Robinson's going to be the guy. And the Cardinals still have not proven to me they can stop anything, a wet paper bag, anything. So... Robinson, to me, is a very good play this week against the Cardinals. Oh, man, you'd love to hear that, right? After I defending him last week? Yeah. He was a good defense. I did get that one correct, I reckon. We're going to be talking about that in a second. Yeah. But We're going to need you to keep that streak alive, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really I'm really excited. Yeah, no no foreshadowing there. Does go, um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what he can do, Robinson, because I do have him in a few leagues here and there so it's a it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see what Robinson can do he's projected a 12.25 on sleeper whereas yep. his buddy Cooper Cup who I need to come and clutch in one of projected my projected for 100 and yeah, yeah. it's only a it's only a casual 22 <laughs> points he's projected for 21.87 sneaky 21 yeah. <laughs> how about this for a wide receiver matchup in my IG right yeah oh. so this is I'm going up against another Aussie podcast, Touchdown Under. Shout out to oh, them. Cool. Just starting shout off out. again. So, yeah, shout out to them. Going up against them in the IG Rising Stars. I've got Cup and Amon Ross St. Brown. And they've got Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, and DK. And Ooh. Renfro. So, so I, and I also got Burks, by the way. I got Burks. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, interesting wide receiver. you got to yours. Yeah, that's... It's going to be like one of those, yeah, one of those wide receiver battles for the ages in fantasy wow. this week. Yeah. Wow. I really got to take J.K. Dobbins out of my lineup. We will be getting an update on how that goes for next week's shows. Ah, yeah. That's mouthwatering. Ta- yeah. Talking of mouthwatering, I am desperate to find out what you're doing for tight end because you've been helping you, other people. You can't help yeah, yourself, just, but I, I'm, I need some advice. I love helping end. other people. Now, look, this goes hand in hand, Maddie. So I'm really testing the water here because I'm picking someone who I have. So which curse <laughs> do I break? Do I break the Dr. Good Call curse or do I break my own? Do I get a reception from a tight end this year? Let's, let's wait it's and see what plane is the force and the immovable object. <laughs> exactly. What, what wins out, mate? We'll never know. Well, we will know <laughs> after this week. But you're going to love this one, mate. It's your boy, Evan Engram. Oh, oh, shit. Who I've just picked up off waivers in that show. Oh, God. And I don't recommend this at all. <laughs> of course you don't. But I, do, I don't want to look at him. He's actually, for starters, he's had a catch in both games. So that's all I really need. <laughs> well, I'm licking my lips. How many drops, though? Yeah, look, stats? doesn't bother me about drops as long as I get one. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, that's an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's up against um, the Chargers, who were last at defending the tight end position yeah. uh, in 2021. So I do think it's not a bad matchup for him as well. And even if you're looking forward, he gets the Eagles, who were second last defending the tight end position last year, next week. So he's not a bad two-week play. And I just think, in general, this, this Chargers team is very, very good in a lot of different positions. They're going to defend wide receivers very well. They've obviously got a pass rush now. They can actually defend the running back a bit better than they could last year. Oh, yeah. They're not so much a funnel defense. So I think a guy like Ingram can kind of pop up in the in the middle there. And I think he's going to be very useful this week. Obviously, again, it's tight end. You're not after, you know, two touchdowns and, <laughs> you know, 100 yards or anything like realistic. that. You're just after a half, a half decent game from a tight end. And I think Ingram's actually looked quite decent in this uh, two games, two game sample size for the Jaguars. So, I'm interested in him. Obviously, it's probably more about the matchups he's getting so much than himself. But I, don't know, I just think he's an opportunity, and I think Trevor Lawrence may have to throw a lot in the second half yeah. of this game. And um, they might be coming from from behind. They may not. You never know. Mm. But either way, I just think mm. General Lawrence. Is going I actually got to take of that so, on good mm. angry iron about the Jags defense. I think they're going to have a good day. To be honest, against the Chargers. Because Herbert's injured. Well, yeah, we don't know about Herbert. Yeah, that's and Chase Daniel could be playing. So I'm actually going to take the Chargers' uh, offense scoring 20 or less points because I just don't know why. That's what I'm thinking. I think it's going to be a sort of low-scoring game. And this is something where Trevor, he needs to prove himself against Herbert. Yep. The, yeah, it's just going to be a good matchup between those two. And I think, yeah, Ingram... I'm not entirely sure. I think the ball is probably going to go to Kirk. They're going to move him around here and there. I know JC Jackson's on the other side, but Kirk is going to get most of it. James Robinson as well. That Chargers defense is hard to play against, let me just say. So I didn't exactly pick the Jags when I still got the Chargers winning, but I think the Jags defense will have a good day. So they'll keep them in the game, and I think Trevor will have something maddie what's going on over there i'm very happy about this because I, <laughs> I think there's a oh absolutely a world where even if even if you see herbert go out there he just takes one hit and then he's out he's all sorts. Yeah. i think you should start the jags defense in tight end this week <laughs> <laughs> thank you that's all i needed was oh, that last one look so if they're gonna score for, a 20 burger <laughs> i get four for 40 i'm good i'll be yeah. i'll be stopping up with that uh, <laughs> it'd be a lot better than uh recommending colcomet I have so, absolutely no bias when I talk about the Jags as well, as you know. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I was never high compliment everyone in the preseason. I would never chose him in any of my drafts because I just knew he was bust potential in that offense. So yeah, just want to say that out there that I recommended not to draft Colcomet. I don't know why Taylor and Maddie were a little bit higher on him. I was Col- what? Yeah, Maddie was. <laughs> okay, Maddie was. Maddie it was just Taylor. Was. Yeah, it's definitely Taylor. There. Sorry, Maddie. Didn't mean to bring up. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Taylor was pretty high on him. Like, I was. As a late I took round. him in. I want to say four to five weeks. He was always oh, yeah. my late, my late tight end uh, pickup. And again. It is what it is. If I'd taken anyone else around there, I wouldn't be really in yeah. any better shape. It was one of those yeah. years. No, it's that just was the like too late guy you hope turns up. Yeah, yeah right. It's like there really hasn't fry been, move. Like, there really hasn't been a later guy that's really, really perked up. I mean, there's been better ones than two goose eggs, put it that way. And it turned out last week, all I needed was anyone else that I would, and I would have won. But yeah. again, like I said, you just cannot trust anyone in a team that's passed 28 times in two yeah. games 
But, and yeah. for, for reference, Joe Flacco in the same amount of games has thrown 102 times. <laughs> He's thrown 102 times. It's a recipe for success. 50, <laughs> yeah. yeah, two or three 50 passes in that game against the Ravens. Yeah. Two impatient yeah. performers. Flacco's throwing 50 a week at the a moment. Week. So maybe just go up to Tyler Conklin. If you if you just want a tight end, it's an offense that actually passes the ball. But yeah, again, look, oh. I'll, I'll just say Komet actually was one that hoodwinked a lot of fantasy analysts. Like He was actually one that a lot of people were talking about. And honestly, it was mainly because of his finish to last year. He was the actually, I believe, was the most targeted tight end over the last four weeks last year. And it was because Fields actually decided to throw a bit. And then he's just come into this year and they're like, nah, we're just not going to yeah. pass ever. We are absolute dog shit. And obviously, it was hard to take week one for what it was because it was in a monsoon. Yeah, so yeah. Everyone what did we learn? Gave right. him another chance. Everyone gave Mooney another chance. Everyone that had Komet was obviously rolling him out again. They're just a full-on sell now. Like If you have any bears, I, I guess you could probably hold Mooney <sighs> if you've got a deep bench and just see what happens. But He's I'm, their deep I'm shot. He's their only yeah, deep only, shot. Only bears player I'd take is Montgomery at the moment. He's the oh, only yeah, one obviously. I'd You have to yeah. take the running game because that's all they do. That's all and I have. Honestly, they're down by 20-odd and they're running the wall to try, to try and come back against Green Bay. <laughs> and it was actually working, but... Again, like the fact that they have no opportunity to even pass, even when they're yeah. down massive, shows you how bad that pass attack is. So, yeah. again, yeah. I would just steer clear of everyone but Montgomery and that team until further notice, until something changes. But I don't see it changing. That was my uh, strategy in preseason, so I'm totally vindicated at the moment. Yeah, yeah. well, it's good. Okay, I'll go fantasy aids, and as I mentioned, I was, I've been two and zero so far on these ones. Uh, I like to pick out someone who people aren't talking about as so much as that they know have eight. It's like, I'm not going to talk about someone that's been a bust so far or something like that. Okay. I'm actually going to talk about people. Well, the first, I've actually brought two for this time. Let's see if I can go four and oh out of three weeks. <laughs> and the first guy to me is a sell high candidate. And I'm going to say that this week, that I'm saying get off the Clyde train this week for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Up against the top, the Colts top five rushing defense, which mm. I've already talked about before, and is already in a timeshare of a backfield. I would be looking to trade him um, off his good first two weeks. This chief te- Chiefs team, knowing the Colts' weaknesses, is defending the pass. Uh, so I believe there is just going to be an absurd amount of passes from Mahomes coming up. So I, I just don't see a world where, I mean, obviously if they're up big in the second half, they probably will run the ball a little bit. But if they're up so big, we're just going to see what we saw against Arizona in week one. It's probably going to be Pacheco coming in and taking the last yeah. 10 rushing attempts of the game they, while, while they even use Clyde in a game that they're up massive. So if, if there's a neutral game script, I think it's just going to be passing from Mahomes, which doesn't really benefit Clyde. I know he's had a little bit of passing work. Yeah, I was going to say, general, come on, man. General most, look, it, that, but I'm taking a shot on that. Like, yeah. if, if I'm worried about making this call and him getting a big score, it's probably going to be because he gets two rushing touchdowns close to the goal line. I'm oh, not so yeah. much worried about this in this game. I think even if he gets a few catches, he's going to have more like a Travis Etienne line where he's got barely any rushing oh. yards and he's three Ouch. for 30 <laughs> Something in the passing line. Well, I'm just talking about based off last week. Yeah, like, yeah. that's pretty much what I projected last week, and that's what happened. So, the thing I like about you, Taylor, is you'll stab me in the front. <laughs> At least oh, you stab me in the front. <laughs> I won't do it behind your back, mate. That's, nah, that's not where the like, fun... you know what I'm going to do? Just <laughs> that's not where the fun stuff happens, mate. So, <laughs> look, 
I'm just saying Clyde's a very good opportunity to sell higher, I think, right now, because I think there's a lot of people looking for running backs, and I would try and trade him maybe for a half-decent wide receiver or, or, or maybe a couple of different pieces because I just don't think it's going to be this fruitful for him all year, and especially this week. So he's yeah. he's my first one. Um, you just can chat about that if you want to. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I've seen a ton of people say sell high on Clyde, so... I'd be uh, doing the same. I yeah. don't have a share of him in any league, so no. I can't sell him, so I won't buy him at all. Eternal yeah. Optimist over here would be like, oh, I'll buy him. <laughs> yeah, I, I just but, I wouldn't like what you needed to buy him for if you're buying, and I like I I feel like there's an opportunity to sell if you've got him. And obviously, yeah. it's very team-dependent. Like, if he's your running back too and you have absolutely no depth, don't sell him. <laughs> well, there's yeah. no point. It doesn't help, it doesn't help you. Yeah. So, so that's where I think I buy him because, well, the person who's selling him knows reasonably that they're probably selling someone who their high watermark hasn't been high high, and and that they're selling him because they don't think they're going to maintain the high watermark. So, as the buyer, you've actually got quite a bit of leverage. Yeah, mentality of sellers though that they they go into it going, I'm selling high on this guy, so I need a mozza, and then they just they can't understand why they're not getting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's an interesting situation. All right, yeah. the second guy is one that I've always talked up. Like, well, it's a funny one actually. There's been times <laughs> I've talked him up, then the next year I actually talked him down, and then uh, I was back on him again this oh. year. I'm worried about Terry McLaurin this Ooh. week in particular. Uh, they're utilizing other receivers and the Eagles were number two against wide receiver in 2021 and they just shut down Justin Jefferson. And honestly, if they were going to put Slay on someone in particular, I think it's still McLaurin. So yeah. I actually think this could be a way better day for Johan Dotson and Curtis Samuel. I actually think this could be a game where they just take out McLaurin and then they make them go to the other two. I actually, I'm not sold that's actually the best opportunity for the Eagles because Terry McLaurin hasn't looked any better than the other two, if anything, slightly worse. But I think yeah. that might be what they do in this game. And I'm, a, I'm very worried about McLaurin in general because I don't think he's the clear-cut one in this team anymore. Yeah, I actually disagree uh, with the McLaurin and Dotson thing because either way, you've got James Bradbury on the other side of the field and he was mm-hmm. allowing, I think, the... 7.6 passer rating, and they have the best CB duo in the league. Yeah, so I'm worse. actually not sold. <laughs> I'm not even sold on the freaking Eagles offense this season because, oh, sorry, no, as it, the commanders. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah I, I got Wentz in my freaking head, and I was thinking he was still an Eagle. But <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think this is going to be a terrible day for, for the commanders' what? offense. I just don't think they can get it moving. Unless they get these sort of quick screens, quick passes out. And that's where it's Samuel just... works. Yeah. And I actually think Samuel will be the best out of the three. Dodson, <laughs> at least, is a low draft capital guy. So you can sort of play and you can work out the matchup or not. I think everyone that's got McLaurin is probably playing him because yeah. of where they drafted him. So I'm saying that I'm most worried about him because he's the guy yeah. everyone will probably play. So I, I, I would actually be more confident in Samuel than McLaurin this, year, this week because of the way that yeah. they use him. They use him in the running game, Samuel. They, Like you said, they use him in screens. They get him the ball in different ways than they need to get it to McLaurin. So I actually have a decent feeling that, that Samuel will lead the wide receiving core this week. Uh, and again, they're probably going to have to run the ball more than pass because the Eagles, are, are, even though we saw them go well against Cook, but that was a weird game plan thing from the Vikings. They barely even gave Cook a chance. So 
Mm. I, I think they probably need to run the ball a bit more than they need to pass. And we all know what Wentz does in the second halves if he's coming from behind. He can he can just throw it to the other team so easily. So that's actually why I picked up the Eagles' defense in Astros. Mm. So I think that could be a decent one. Now I've got to weigh in with my Washington take because I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, yeah, I, I it is an old jersey, so I've had to uh, get oh, out the it's uh, it's better than that. For a long time, I used to work for a supermarket chain in Australia called Coles. Yeah, <laughs> I remember a Lavernaeus Coles just Lavernaeus. Yes, I was because I used to be number eighty but... as well, so it's a bit yeah. of both. I was not. It was 80, my number, yeah. and it was where I worked. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Mucho foreskin for a segment <laughs> in start of the week, but I've got some big opinions about where the ball's going to go for Washington, and I agree with Taylor that it's going to be tough on the X and Y receivers and it's going to have to be somewhere else. I'm not going to blow the foreskin now because that would require a different rating to what we get. You know, we'd have to go through a whole different, different thing with uh, the television media standards bureau. And I'm not willing to do that. That's going to be for, I don't know. Do we have an OnlyFans? Maybe we need to get an OnlyFans. (laughs) 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 But um, yeah, there's definitely, I've got some big opinions about Washington in week three, um, which sadly means that I, I kind of agree with Taylor and I've got so few shares in McLaurin, but the one place I've got him is in a league where I actually think I'm pretty good. So I'm, I'm nervous this week. I've, I've got McLaurin in the uh, content league um, and I'm thinking about sitting in. I was going to ask you, what does it take for you to sit McLaurin? And then I thought, mm, that's kind of a dumb question. Surely you can't sit him. But what does your team look like if you're sitting him? Like who are your other starters? Yeah, that's the thing. You've got you to go, all right, am I only taking a shot on someone just because yeah. he's got some good matchup? Even like, though he's I've like got third, Garrett Wilson and I'm just going to have a crack. depth chart. Like, yeah, that's 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 the hard thing. Like, yeah. Even though it doesn't look like a very good matchup for McLaurin and I'm, I'm projecting him to not have a great week, it's it's hard to just put in someone that you've just got off the waivers or something like that over him. So you've re- it's really team dependent. If you've always had a question mark over like a person that you wanted to maybe put over McLaurin, this is probably the week. But if you if this is just a complete flyer that you never were thinking about playing him over McLaurin, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's got a bad matchup. I'll play him now. I probably wouldn't. I'll, I would probably stick it out and just see what happens. Oof. Yeah. All right. Well, fantasy aids unto thee. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't have a better way to wrap that up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't want to project players to be bad. It's just it's just more of a, you know, having a look at matchups and stuff like that and being able to try and talk to people about what team, what players do have bad matchups and maybe there might be an opportunity to sell high in a trade, like I mentioned of Clyde, or if you've got yeah. an opportunity, Opportunity to not play a guy like McLaurin because you've got another decent piece. That's really it's what it's all about. I don't want the players to play like shit. But no. yeah. I think that's the value of this segment is it can say to you, this helps me with the decision in my team or it helps me with someone who might be on the waivers who I could potentially yep. take from the market or it gives me either someone to trade away or a trade target. So I think that's the real value of the Dr. Good Call segment is that it, it clears up some of those things. 100%. Yeah. Wow. I reckon uh, the criminally underperforming, which sounds like Terry McLaurin might be, you know, the ultimate success would be if you had a fantasy AIDS player, then the next week have to go in front of the court of public opinion. Uh, We'll dial up this week's. Yes, sir. Get the public defender in here. 
Basically, what I just said for like five minutes was I'm basically saying that against wankers like Matty C. Like, he's pretty much he's the epitome of the people that I was trying to talk down in my little segment there. So. I do like that Taylor keeps me accountable, even if he's wrong a lot of the time. But now I can't even say that because um, it turns out he's right a lot. <laughs> Whether your fantasy team has been robbed of fantasy points by a star player laying a total egg, or you've been the victim to a high-risk player being injured at work, you need the right advice. There is only one place to go when your team or your player need representation in the court of public opinion. Make time with Manjot Melly, Public Defender. All right, I do, I do like, give you more pictures, Matty, because you just... I've literally got one. Yeah. <laughs> Look... You got more this week. You put a million on your Facebook. Yeah, you have a lot more to put in the drops and everything, (laughs) by the way, and the Photoshop. You're truly the master of one face, though, because you've always got the same wonderful smile. Uh, You need to to give me some more expression, man. (laughs) This is art. Yeah. <laughs> At least Taylor gives me a bit of expression. Did you see the face on Dr. Goodcall? <laughs> yeah. Real cheesy grin. Uh, we all love that guy. <laughs> Gosh. All right. So, um, well, we we've, we worked out last week that really you can't have both of us bring a player because sometimes we don't either of us bring one. <laughs> so Taylor's, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's worked out the player who's going to go in front of the the um the court of public opinion this week to be defended by Manjot QC. <laughs> I don't know. QC, it's actually that... Casey now. It's actually Casey. Casey. That is right. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, RIP to the Queen. Yeah. 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 That's well. I mean, it's the reason we're all not at work today. Um, so... the prosecution has met and actually talked this week. <laughs> We've agreed. I'm not involved. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a KC now. By the way, until we right, become a republic. Council. Yeah, that's it. And then, uh, then I don't know what we become. I, I'm going to completely um, step out of trying any legalese from now on too, because I've completely embarrassed myself every <laughs> single time we've done this segment, which is, I guess, fine. But I don't know that it's got any value to our listeners. <laughs> so, uh, Taylor, I'm going to send it over to you to introduce who's coming into the dock this week to uh, to have their criminally poor performance analysed and be thrown to the wolves. Uh, before Mendo's got to try and pluck him out and try and reduce his sentence. All right, I'm going to step aside. You go. All rise. <laughs> we all did. I don't know who the judge is. <laughs> Maddie, judge. I guess yeah, it's I me. Think, I think, Maddie, you got to be the judge. You got to be the judge. <laughs> judge all, face on. All, all judge rise. On. Yeah. The judge mediocre. <laughs> judge face on. <laughs> Uh, be seated. Right. Uh, who, do, who do you put in front of me today? <laughs> we put Sir Delvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings, running back, who's not running, Oof. just back. He's back. <laughs> Delvin got back. <laughs> Delvin got back. Wow. All right. All right, and, prosecution. And what's he charged with? Come on. Give me the He's charged with being shit house, Your Honour. <laughs> he's been charged with destroying people who took him with a high, uh, high picking drafts, and uh, he basically just doesn't look like he's a part of this offense, Your Honor. Wow. Well, I can definitely, uh, definitely understand 
the, the charge in front of the, the defendant today. And uh, look, I'm going to need some evidence. I'm going to need, need you to bring forward a, a bit of a rap sheet on the guy so I can uh, determine what to do with him. Look, prosecution calls their first witness, Mr. Taylor Goodall. <laughs> I swear better to tell and better. the truth and only the truth, so help me God. All right. Let's hear your evidence. What do you got? Jamal Williams, Brees Hall. Guys, we never really talked about having very good seasons this year. Drafted way, way lower than Delvin Cook. Brees Hall was t- talked about being a really shit house running back this year by Mark Downey and not really exactly, you know, picked up and said that well, we're gonna, he was going to be very good this year by any of the people on this podcast. Jamal Williams is a backup. Michael Carter is also a backup of Brees Hall. What do these guys have in common? They are all higher than ranked 28th Delvin Cook. 20 bloody 8th, Your Honour. Sorry for the, the cursing in your old courtroom. Sorry. I will allow it. <laughs> this is this is unbelievable. He was picked in the early first round. At best, around 8th or 9th. This guy was expected to be a league winner, Your Honour. And he has just not been a part of this offense at all. We've seen KOC come over here as the coach. And all they have done is tried to throw. They have not cared about the running game at all. Look, they might take a look at that and go, maybe we should run the ball a more. Sure, there is things that you could look forward to. But I'm talking about these two weeks, Your Honor. I want to talk about this guy. He has been dog shit. Ranked 28th. 28th. It's barely even startable. It's barely startable as a running back to an Astro League. And he was taken in the first round. I don't see anything actually getting better in the next couple of weeks because I don't think the the uh, regime there's going to all of a sudden just go, oh, let's throw out all the passing that we worked out. We're going to run a McVay offense. We're going to be so pass heavy. I don't think they all of a sudden throw that away in the next couple of weeks. Where does that leave Delvin? The offensive line haven't got him any sort of room right now. He doesn't get the ball. How is a guy that does not get the ball going to all of a sudden turn into a fantasy asset in the next coming weeks? I could say, um, look, I'm probably giving stuff for the defense. Um, but I, I reckon against the Lions, everyone's going to go, oh, this is a huge matchup for the for the um, running back. But they're also shithouse in the secondary. So this is also <laughs> an awesome game for the Vikings to throw. This is the kind of game that Jefferson will probably have 40 points in again. I can see Thielen all of a sudden making a comeback and maybe getting looked at in the red zone. I could even see Osborne getting looked at before this guy, Delvin Cook, because they do not care about running the ball in this regime. Oof. Do I need to say more? Well, I think I'm pretty happy at this stage to turn the witness over to the defence. Uh, do you, do you, you, you've sort of got out your, uh, your, your scruples there, Tay? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll probably end up being a I'll probably end up being a witness for the uh for the for the defense as well. Floppy. Yeah. Um. Well, at this point, I think uh, I'd like to see the defender get in here because, mate, it's going to be tough. Um. I understand that he's a very high draft pick for the Western Wankers in the Astro League, and this could be a difficult spot to defend the guy. So um, I'm going to but turn the witness over to you. Yes, I am indeed public defender, Manjot Melly. Today, I am going to be defending my boy, Dalvin Cook. I'm going to put him as my boy for this. As his king's counsel, I want to make sure Ooh. that everyone knows, do not panic just yet. 
and even I am guilty of panicking about Dalvin. But today, Dalvin, I want to defend you. Your matchup against the Lions is going to look great this week. They are ranked 32nd against opposing running backs, allowing 31.05 fantasy points to running backs each week. Dalvin, if you could get at least 20 of them, that would be good. Now, week one, Kevin O'Connell. It says on NFL.com, I'll read the quote. This is, I'm bringing my witness, the NFL.com fantasy analyst. Not as good as right. my witness, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, head coach. <laughs> I, 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 I need to read Objection. the witness statement. Yeah, the witness statement. The Denied. witness statement. From, yeah. Head coach, wait, Your Honor, am I allowed to bring in my witness statement here? (laughs) (laughs) Like, who's Your Honor here? Maddie, not Taylor. What's this Taylor dude doing? Yeah, prosecution. All right. Um. So, (laughs) NFL.com analyst, their witness statement reads: Head coach Kevin O'Connell, a former quarterback, had seemed to dispel any fears he'd run an overly pass-centric offense in week one when Cook logged 20 carries against the Packers. But matters were quite different Monday night. The star back was an afterthought, despite the Vikings trailing by manageable 17 points entering the second half, although he at least was modestly involved on the receiving end. So, Your Honor, reading out his week one stats, he had 90 rushing yards and 18 receiving yards, a Solid 12.3 in half PPR. Now, that needs to be said. His numbers would have looked a lot better with a touchdown. Him having no touchdowns so far makes his numbers look like absolute garbage. But that will change soon. I reckon there is enough evidence. His numbers are just a little low because he just hasn't had any touchdowns. The Vikings were so dumb. On Monday Night Football, Your Honor. I don't actually understand what Kirk Cousins was doing. It was utter stupidity. What they were doing, they're just letting him throw in the red zone for absolutely no reason. Your Honor, I want to make sure that you know that Dalvin Cook is manageable. He will be back to his best eventually. And I think it starts this week against the Lions, who are, again, ranked 32nd in running back defense. His other games coming up include the Bears in a couple weeks. He's got Miami, and he's got New Orleans after this, then Chicago, then Miami, to be very specific. So this could be the start of a good run. He just faced off against a couple of defenses, but he still had a solid game in that first game. So let's just calm down. I think Dalvin will be fine, and... Yeah, I think this could be a good season for Dalvin coming up. He's still got, after his bye, he's still got like Arizona, Washington before facing Buffalo. So let's just calm down. Let's let Dalvin get into it. Yeah. I got to say, the the one thing you don't do to someone who's panicked is say, just calm down. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's definitely. Yeah. I'm panicked over here, man. (laughs) Me too. Me too. But look. I, I'm assured that after doing all search, that starting this week, Dalvin finally, finally will get into it. I think this is the week. Gosh. Okay. So we're looking at this pretty objectively. We've got a couple of weeks of absolute garbage. Like, so it, 12 points is not what you're signing up for. 
uh, when yeah. you take him at no, the nine. Can I redirect one touchdown. other worry? Yeah. Okay. One other worry. Throw and it in honestly, there. Honestly, like if we're being like in all honesty, if I had Cook, I wouldn't be shipping it. Like this is me just being, you know, regular analyst to saying that. Whereas a prosecution, <laughs> my worry is in those first two games, and like me and John obviously touched, they they got into a bad game screw pretty quickly in that week too. My worry is in those first two games that both of those teams were far better at defending the pass than the run. Like that to me, those should have been Delvin Cook games. Like that's yeah. what worries me about this regime is that they've just walked in blindly and gone. You know what? I, I just I think we need to pass far more to beat these teams. The only reason I think he even got all those rushing attempts is in the second half they were up twenty three seven or whatever it was against a Green Bay, and they just had to run. They were just like, we don't need to pass anymore. Let's just run. I'm worried in a neutral game script where Delvin Cook used to get a lot of running that if they're going to pass in neutral game script situations, that just takes away so many of his rushing attempts over a full season. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think. Dalvin eventually he'll come back because he's it's just I do, I do soon <laughs> soon enough soon enough sooner or later you know Dalvin's coming back if he doesn't then yeah just trade him honestly if he doesn't perform this week I'd I'd hit the full panic and I'd honestly be looking elsewhere and he's and honest. he's not alone people went around him Derek Henry yeah. Austin Eckler guys that people are really flops. starting to hit some panic buttons yeah there's a lot of yeah. flops and then Saquon's looking good Christian McCaffrey's looking good guys we wrote off in the preseason so yes I, I oh, don't gee. know that what McCaffrey's the looking here. okay you're just he's not looking he's like what you bought <laughs> yeah you're just happy he's not injured almost the whole it, top five just been like John uh, oh Right. Yeah, so, right so is that the strength Judge of the defense Connor. here? Is that of a bad bunch, Cook isn't that bad? <laughs> yeah. Judge Connor, <laughs> what, what's your ruling on this case, Your Honor? This is a difficult situation because, as you all know, I am a shareholder in Delvin Cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is and property I of ours. I'm yes. crapping myself. <laughs> it, um, it depends what you're like. If you were to say you were judging on this, it's a hard one because, like, are you judging what you've seen so far? Are you judging whether you should sell this guy or not? Like, you know, because they're both, they can both be true. Like, you can yeah. both be like, I'm terrified of this guy, but you also shouldn't sell him either. Like, so it's kind of a hard one to really work out whether, like, what you've listened to, you've basically heard public opinion and man, all the man job stuff, but it's hard to actually work out what's right. They could both be right yeah. <laughs> in the end. Oh, but yeah. It's really and up to And if I'm sentencing, because what you're saying is, hey, the guy has completely stolen fantasy points out of your pocket by not having scored at times where he should have been getting the ball. And yeah. then we're going to punish him now. But, you know, he's not going to be like that forever. He's not going to steal fantasy points off you all the time. Um, I can believe that too. So it's, you know... It, it, it's a tough thing that he doesn't, he shouldn't go without sentencing. He shouldn't go without punishment because he's he's really hurt fantasy owners who've spent that. He's a first round pick in pretty much any version of fantasy football this year. And and I think everyone has been relying on him to do more. Does that you know, take service? away from his opportunity Surely to do gets, more? No. He gets community service at least. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to go like two years or something. <laughs> 
That's what Maddie's going to do. He's suspended sentence. Yeah, well, I think a suspended sentence would be right because, I mean, what, are you going to detain the guy for just having a couple of bad days? I don't want people to follow me around at work and detain me whenever I have a bad day. <laughs> I mean, I'm in sales. You get bad days, you know. So, And I, I believe that to be true of Dalvin Cook, but it has been some criminally bad days. Uh, so I think, you know, we're in a position where we own him and we know the market for him right now is not worth trying to sell him for what if he just goes back to being an average level of good running back not his lofty heights of amazingly good running back like he's had in the last two seasons even if he's 75 percent of that it's he will return his value he hasn't yet and it hurts you so i think a suspended sentence of two years on good behavior would be great even just a month of good behavior would be even better put a put a ankle bracelet on him so he can't leave the state um I, i think in general with this segment if you were to put him in jail that's us basically hitting the full panic alarm and saying, I would probably try and trade for whatever I could get back. So yeah. we're not at that stage. So I think it makes sense that you would say, Hey, we're worried about this guy, but it's not a full panic and get rid of him right now. Yeah. So you know. suspended sentence for sure. <laughs> I'd like to talk directly to Dalvin right now though, here in the witness box and say, young man, if I ever see you in my court again, <laughs> <laughs> That's I hope this has been just the shake up you need to get you right exactly. on the, the straight and narrow again, young man. I'm sure uh, he's listening. <laughs> Yes, so it's the kind uh, of thing sure where you, when you see Judge Judy turn around to the young defendant sitting up in the box next to her, and she just scares the shit out of him into telling the truth, even though he looks so cocky and swaggery when he comes in. I'm hoping that's the moment I've had with Alvin Cook right now. Yeah, I, I will relay that message onto my client here, Your Honor. He will follow all of your directions dutifully, uh, dutifully, and everything. Cannot pronounce any words, but thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> English is a tough language for all of us, man. Do not feel bad. We, yeah. <laughs> I am a butcher of the language, and I have been documented to be so for the last two years and three months on this show. Yeah. <laughs> there is a back catalogue of 200 opportunities for people to pick fun at me for butchering the language. Yeah. Well, I say the court is adjourned. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I think we really need to uh, we, we really need to be careful about what we do with Dalvin Cook in this instance. He's a, a generally an upstanding member of the fantasy community, and uh, to tar him with the brush just for a few bad weeks is probably probably a little over aggressive but thank you for your contributions to the prosecution for bringing it to light and i trust this has been enough to put the young man on the straight and narrow this is the aussie nfl fantasy show but mate there's a tingling in my nutsack what a man what a man what a mighty fine man um oh god maybe get taylor to do it because i want it to sound like the sackville abbey I, I will be googling right now aussie still finalizing a few details of pastry press nfl representatives that dude who runs pastry press with me so all the oh, trademark whew. all the copyrights have gone through nfl yeah look i just heard the word pastry about eight times so I'm hungry <laughs> Fantasy. All right. Are we uh, ready to crack open a fresh can of sleep? I've talked about some players having AIDS. Some <laughs> players then having AIDS. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. This is what you can do when you're a mythical creature from three and a half thousand BC. All right, so that's it from the early week show. Hopefully you're all in a position to go and dominate. Uh, especially with Thursday Night Football coming up. Now, we'll be back with the late week show, which is our start of the week, which we're looking forward to. Uh, so make sure you find us on all the social media. You'll see that in our outro, but you can also find it through the link tree, Aussie NFL Fantasy. If you are a Canberra local or an Australian too, you can find us on Saturday afternoons. Manager and I will be presenting the ACT Gridiron live stream 
of the weekly games from the ACT Gridiron. You can find that through MN live streaming on YouTube. And that link is in the show notes. All right, we'll get out of your way and we will see you in the late week show for starts of the week. Hooroo. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I got no notes, but I got the memory, so... <laughs> Every time I've believed them a little bit this year, they've just kicked me right in the testes. Ninja Miss Legend. All right, you guys, throw me into the fire straight away, you know, but that's why I'm here. Taylor Talk Time. Antonio Brown's out there hanging out with Kanye West. If that's not an insane asylum handing the keys to the inmates, I don't know what is. <laughs> um, Maddie C. This Lathoris um, is both terrible. Terrible, but terrible. <laughs> I've got nothing else. Um, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show.